Hello everyone and welcome to another AFL Fantasy Fanatics round review. We're recording live on Twitter and YouTube on Sunday the 6th of August after the completion of round 21 of the AFL Fantasy season. I'm your host and AFL Fantasy Fanatic, Bales, and you can find me at BalesDT. And unfortunately, I'll be solo tonight with the hosting dudes. Unfortunately, Tim can't make it tonight, but we will press on for uh, the review of round 21. So uh, if there is a play you want discussed or a question you want answered, tweet it below the spaces or comment if you are watching uh, live on YouTube. So let's get stuck into uh, the round, but I'll first go over to the two wonderful guests that we've got tonight. Got two great guests, and I'll start with uh, a man that's been uh, skiing for a few weeks. He's back, uh, and uh, hopefully his fantasy team went all right. Member of the coaches panel and great fantasy mind, Mini Monk. Mate, how are you going? Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. Yeah, I went on a bit of a holiday uh, weekend before lo- of weekend before this weekend, and then unfortunately got sick of it, so I was a bit off there, but I've come back and I've had a very decent week. I'll get to my score in a minute, but it's a very interesting week. Yeah, yeah, exactly right, mate. But yeah, what did you what did you score for the week? And uh, what was your uh, plus and minus three? Uh, so I scored a 24-49, which funnily enough has me holding the exact same rank as what I had last week. Uh, I thought for a minute I was going to be in the very nice 69th overall position and we're going to call the season off then, but... It was not to be. There's something that's come through and changed that. Uh, plus three and minus three is a bit of a tricky one. I'd probably give my plus three to Caleb Sarong, who really brought it home strong in that last game. And it's a bit of a unique up high in the ranks at the moment after his suspension. And minus three, man. I'll flip between the two, but I'll go the one that I probably talked Lemon into earlier on in the season. I'll give it to Harry Sheasel. 53 is just, oh, not good to see. Yeah, it wasn't very good. I don't quite know exactly what he was doing in the game. I didn't watch uh, the game, but I guess we'll speak about him a bit later on because uh, he might be a few uh, people's negative threes out there, which I think would be a lot. And then uh, he'll probably be traded out by plenty of coasts this week if they want to move off of him. Mm. Um, but we'll move over to our other guest, who another great mind of the fantasy community, uh, is uh, DT Lemon, mate. How are you going? How was your week? And uh, who was your plus and minus three? Yeah, g'day, Bows. G'day, Mini Monk. Um, yeah, I'm going well. Um, bit of a weird week. Lots of big scores, lots of poor scores. Uh, it's, I think it's just that time of year where it's very hard to predict what's going to happen week to week. So I had an okay week. Uh, it could have been much better, which we'll talk about in a bit. I scored 24-27. Um, so my overall ranking slid uh, nine spots into 55th, which is okay, but I've I was looking like a big week and then today just did not go well for my team. So, um, yeah, plus three, oh, I think I think I have to give it to Bond on the Friday night with the VC on. Um, you just – like locking away a nice, a nice VC early just takes so much pressure off your weekend. So I think for me that was great to have that in the bag and I, I definitely needed a good VC this week because I had a few stinkers on the field. Um, negative three for me. I'm going to give it to myself, myself this week. I um, I had some looping options, um, and I ended up looping Tom Stewart as emergency, which was I obviously I was going to take that. My other option was Harry Sheasel. I could have had him off the ground, and I could have had Luke Jackson on field instead. So oh, no. that was a ended up being what a 96 point swing, 94 point swing. Uh, I can't even do the math, but it was it was bad. It was bad. 
Um, so yeah, not not happy with that. Ninety six points that cost me. Yeah, uh, bugger. Um, how many points are uh, splitting between you and uh, Mini Monk now? Do you got do any boys know how? Because uh, also only about what 14, 15 spots between you two. Um, just doing some quick mental maths. It is forty two points between the two of us at the moment. Wow, we. I, I need I need a bit a bigger buffer than that. I think. <laughs> yeah, and to put it in perspective. Uh, that would have been half if I'd actually gone through with the uh, Bontempelli VC as well. Unfortunately, I had to settle for Merritt as my captain this week. Yeah. yeah, so, yeah. I, did, I did a bit similar as well. And uh, yeah, so my week, uh, Lemon, you picked me by six points. I got a 24-21, which wasn't too bad. A few coaches uh, sort of scored under the 2400. So I'm not too disappointed with that. That had me at a round rank uh, of 4924. So uh, again, it's not not too bad. Top five days for the week's not awful. Move me up to twenty five eighty two. So I think that that put me up. I think it's about a hundred and twenty four spots. So at least it's another sort of green arrow. We're moving in the right direction, moving towards the top uh, two thousand. But I uh, couldn't quite crack it this week. Um, plus a negative three. Oh well. Uh, I would love to give it to Bond because he's been such a great pick for, for mine for the year, but I wasn't able to enjoy that Friday night game when I was with Jake uh, when watching the game, so I didn't have the VC on him. Uh, so um, I'll probably give my plus three to, I think, James Sicily. I think the 160, uh, he was um, fantastic. I didn't get to watch much of this game. I was at the, on my way back from the Crows game and um, having to do a few bits and pieces, but uh, looking at that score ticking over, huge first quarter and just continued it uh, throughout the game. For a massive uh, one, what I can't even remember what he had in terms of what was it the spoils he had. Yeah, uh, thirty-seven touch and nineteen marks. So a huge game from him. Negative three. Um, I've got to give it to. Uh, I think yeah, there's one obvious one here. Bloody Jack Steele. Um, he's he's pretty much cost my season when I brought him in round uh, eight or round seven, whenever it was. After we got that one twenty and. He started looking good last few weeks, and then he puts out that stinker. Uh, I didn't get to watch Giants this game, so we'll get to we'll be able to discuss him when we get to that game. But uh, I'll be interested to see exactly what sort of role he was playing because uh, I couldn't really see him. Uh, he was a bit like the Invisible Man, so unfortunate for Jack Steele when everyone that owns him out there. So um, we'll move to the AFL Fantasy Content Creators Cup. So uh, the AFL Fantasy Content Creators Cup is proudly brought to you by Infinite Wealth, helping you reach your financial goals faster where winning coaches will get $5,000 for their favourite charity. Reminded that there is also something special for every uh, fantasy coach. Uh, head across to infinitewealth.com.au forward slash AFL fantasy to claim your free five-module online learning program, the Fast Track to Freedom. There's been uh, plenty of uh, people in the community getting involved in that. Me, Monk Lemon, have you boys got involved in that yet or you at all? It's been on my to-do list. Um, I've been doing some financial stuff with the partner the last few months, so maybe we should give that one a crack as well. Yeah, Lemon? Oh, I haven't yet. I, I, should, I should get onto it though, so I uh, might, might have to jump on. Yeah, uh, I feel bad. I haven't quite done it yet, but I'm looking at doing that once this fantasy season is over when I've got a bit more free time. But exactly, you, uh, make sure if you guys are listening, uh, get involved in that. And also... Tim will be hosting a webinar on Tuesday, uh, this Tuesday, the 8th of August at 6 p.m. Australian Western Standard Time, which is uh, 8 p.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time. So um, head over to uh, go.infinitewealth.com.au forward slash low um, dash uh, AUG23. So I'm going to post that link in 
the Twitter space comments. Uh, for anyone listening on the pod, um, I'll quickly repeat that for you. And anyone that's on the YouTube video, I'll repeat that as well. So it's a go.infinitewealth.com.au forward slash low dash AUG23. So make sure you guys get involved in that. So, um, yeah, so let's get involved. Uh, actually, go over to the Content Crows Cup before we get into the game. So there was two eliminate, uh, semi-finals this week. Uh, Junk Tom Janet is from the break-in poll. was up against uh, Louis from the Pod Pod, and Louis got the job done by 116 points, 2,416 to 2,300. So Louis moves on to face Mitch from the Ball Boys. So that'll be a very, very good matchup. Very intrigued to see who can take that one out. And the uh, Nathan, the Overmullets, was up against uh, Stato from Pod Pod, and Nathan got the job done as well by ninety-eight. Po- uh, no, was that uh, no? Hang on, I've got to try and work that in my head. Um, ninety-two points. There we go. Got it right. So ninety-two points, two thousand four hundred thirty-nine to two thousand three hundred and forty-seven. So he will be facing. Um, our very own Tim Guest, Guesty's gerbil. So sorry, Nathan, I've got to stay on brand, mate. I hope Tim uh, can get the job done there and, and can move through to the grand final. So very intrigued to see that. I can't see exactly the overall uh, leaderboard, so I can't uh, tell. I think that's because the league is finished um, in terms of head-to-head. So it'll be interesting to see who gets the overall at the end of the season. So let's get stuck into the game. So we'll go to Friday night where... The Bulldogs defeated Richmond by 55 points at Marble Stadium. There was a late change. Uh, Dylan Grimes with a neck injury uh, or a neck soreness was replaced by Sam Banks. That might have helped a few coaches with uh, a bit of cover in on their defence or uh, mid-benches. Uh, a couple of injuries in the game. Anthony Scott suffered a concussion. He was subbed out in the third quarter and replaced by Arthur Jones. And for Richmond, Jacob Hopper was also concussed, and he was subbed out in the second quarter for Ryan Mansell. That could potentially be uh, good news for Tim Taranto. We'll talk about that shortly. And Danny Rioli uh, suffered an ankle injury, but he played out the game after missing a little bit of the first quarter and came on sometime in the second quarter. So let's get to the scores. So uh, Bont was the top scorer here with a 151. So Lemon, mate, you were saying he, you had him VC. You would have been very happy with him. I can't remember if you started uh, with him, but he's had uh, a fantastic season, hasn't he? Oh, he's had an incredible year. I didn't. I didn't start with him. I, I definitely brought him in early, though, like after three or four rounds, I think. But he just—he looks like he's uh, flying at the moment. Super fit. They go to him all the time. He's tackling really well. Like amazing. He's tackling incredibly. Um, I think he's just one of those players. If you've got him, you've got to be considering him for a, a VC or a C every week, really. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly right. He's just been. Absolutely fantastic, and I had that caught the start of your Bont or McRae, and, and thankfully I went Bont, but uh, there were a fair few coaches that did go McRae as well, or even a Bailey Smith, so if you went Bont, that would have gone a long way to um, helping you with your season. Uh, Libba got a 133, so he was been a bit of a pod picker in the community. Um, a couple of people brought him in this week with a good score, and Adam Trelaw got a 107 as well, so uh, Media Monk, I know you've uh, been a little bit of a fan of uh, Trelaw the last few weeks, but... Uh, what were your thoughts on him and Libba's game in, uh, this week? And do you think that there's still options to bring in? Yeah, I think there's still options to bring in. I think Libba's had a very unheralded season with how well he's been going. I mean, he's basically a top eight midfielder based on average for the year and total points for the year, which is crazy to think about for a guy who's normally been around that M2, M3 mark for the draft type coaches. Um, I think they both were really appealing this week 
not just because of like how well they've been scoring through the year, but also because of the run that they had upcoming. They had Richmond this week, and I think they've got the Eagles and Hawthorne in their next two games, which is very, very friendly for, you know, midfielders to score against. And, you know, you see a 133 for Libra and you see a 107 for Trelaw. There's no, there's no reason why they can't replicate those types of scores for the next two weeks. And at their price tag, that's enough to put them into consideration for coaches to trade into this week. Is would you have a pick between the two? I think it's really tricky to have a pick between the two. Um, it, it it always seems that one of them pops, the other one's okay. Um, no, neither of them seem to go really well in each week, but it's also there's a fair chunk of a price difference between the two of them. Now, Libba will be you know nine ten nine fifteen k, whereas Trulo will be about eight eighty, and. Because of that 30K, I'd probably have a preference towards Trelaw, but noting that there is a bit more of an injury risk there. Yeah, yeah. Lemon, have you got, would you have a pick between the two? Yeah, I think it is tricky. I, I agree with Minimunk, though. Trelaw's injury history just worries me. And I think um, this time of year, uh, if you have a, an injury on field, it can really hurt you. So I'd probably go Liberatore. He looks great. Like, he's another one. Him and Bont just are absolutely on fire in that midfield. And, um, yeah, and the difference is as well, this year he's actually a full-time mid. I think other years they've played around with him at half forward. He's done some time on a wing. But it seems like when he's on the ground, he is in and under, getting the ball, doing what he does best. So I'd be I'd be picking Libba. I think he's a great pick for the, for the next three weeks. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree. I think, uh, I think yeah, Libba for the safety as well. But uh, Trelaw has probably got the high ceiling. So um, I think you can't go wrong with both. But Trelaw probably does come with that little bit extra risk there. Uh, Tim English, 131. He had a huge second. I think he had like 96 points uh, after half time. So he came home strong. A few people that VC'd him would have been quite nervous at half time. But uh, 131, you would have been definitely taking that score. Bailey Dale got a 107 for any uh, people that have still got him rolling around in their side. Um, Tim Taranto. Now, Lemon, so Jacob Hopper is now going to be missing uh, at least a week uh, through con- the concussion protocols and stuff. And Taranto's got St Kilda coming up. So, first of all, what did you make of his game on the weekend? And is he still a potential VC or even a C option uh, moving into the game against the Saints with Hopper out? Yeah, it's. Um, I think we're, we're maybe being a little bit harsh on Taranto because he started so well. You know, he's averaging, what, 120-plus in the first, I don't know, 15 rounds of the year. I think we expected that to continue. But uh, it looks like he's maybe a bit sore. Maybe he's carrying an injury or something at the moment. Um, and also, Richmond aren't playing the same sort of football. They're, they're, they probably don't look as good as they as they started the year. So, um, I think his, the thing about Taranto, I'd definitely consider trading him out. But he's got a great run, He's you know, with... Um, yeah, what is it? St Kilda and North in the next two. So you're expecting some pretty good scores there. And then he finishes with Port, which might be a bit tougher. So um, he's one you could look to trade out in, the, in round 24. But um, yeah, you know, a guy like that, who do you go to? That's the question. You've got to go to someone who's going to score more than him. So um, good luck finding someone who, who will do that. Yeah, there's not, there's not too many forwards that you'd be... Really looking to bring it in, which will be interesting when we talk about um, the sort of the big issue for the week. Me, Mike, you're going to say something there? I was just going to say, you look at where his poor scores have been. He's had, you know, four sub-tons in the last six weeks, yes, but he's played the Lions at the Gabba, the Swans, uh, the Demons, and then the Dogs, who aren't exactly t- uh, easy matchups for inside midfielders to score against. Yes, there's a bit of a correlation with when... Hopper's come back into the team and he's scoring associated with that. And now that Hopper's injured, maybe it goes back up again. 
But you just got to have that bit of context there when you're looking and analyzing these sorts of players. I expect him to still be 100, 105 at least from here, especially with the two that he has this week and next week being St. Kilda and North Melbourne. So I don't think there's a world where you can trade out of him with any confidence. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Um, but talking about that good run, Mini Monk, uh, Jaden Short, 95. Oh, looked, yes. Looked look pretty good on ret- uh, return. Got busier, especially after halftime as well. St. Kilda this week, North Melbourne. We know they both give up lots of points. We saw what Nick Newman did to St. Kilda today. Uh, we'll talk about options for uh, certain Nick Dacos after. Um, but is Jaden Short going to be one that you'd be interested in? Absolutely. He was actually someone I was interested in. Uh, for this week and I had a look at this week in discussions with some of the coaches panel guys because um, you know Rids is a big Richmond fan and he really supports someone like Short and he really considered it and I had a chat to MJ about it as well and he was considering it as well but it's just that run is so juicy with the next two games I mean they've got St Kilda and North Melbourne I was even eyeing it because of the Western Bulldogs game as well I think both of their games against St Kilda and North Melbourne are under the roof but the big caveat with regards to someone like Short is that coming into round 24, you're either going to want to be looping him or you're probably going to be one to trading out of him because he has Port Adelaide. And that's, you know, it's a very, very bad matchup for those that are playing off the halfback flank. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. And a very good call there. I'm, he's definitely going to be one that a lot of coaches looking at and I'll be definitely looking at him. I know Jake, uh, shout out to... Uh, a mate from SA here. We went out for for dinner to watch the game, and uh, he brought uh, short in for Nick Dacos this week. Uh, went a bit least. That actually worked Jeez. out really it's well. Not for bad. Him. So uh, wow, that's a that more. is that's a big big yeah. trade. Yeah. So shout out to Jake. Very good trade there. Um, with a couple of players here, Jack McRae got a ninety as well, and uh, Caleb Daniel got an eighty three. So sort of not small potato. Yeah, yeah, small potato, unfortunately not putting up. I think he started pretty well. I think he was uh, on over 50 points at halftime, if I'm not mistaken. Then he ended up having a really bad second half. So, but yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think he was on about 50. He had two goals in the first quarter, which helped a lot. And Look, he did enough for me to be looped onto my field, so I can't complain at that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, but yeah, there might not be... Uh, you're probably going to hold him for in a couple of weeks with uh, the two matchups, but I'm not sure if you... Are either of you guys bringing either of those guys in or... Uh, I could see an argument for trading into McRae. I don't think you could build an argument for trading into Caleb Daniel. Um, and the reason being is that McRae is a proven guy who has the ceiling potential, whereas I don't think Daniel has a ceiling that's much above 110, 115. Uh, and when you're trying to go for those sorts of pod players at this stage of the year, you need to have someone who can really pop big. And if McRae, you know gets off the chain in a couple of those matchups that we have coming up, you have the potential for a 130, 140 score in your hands, which could be the difference between, you know, rank 200 and rank 150. Yeah. Beautiful. All right, we'll move on to the uh, Essen and West Coast game. So Essen defeated West Coast by one point at Marvel Stadium, a very close game. Uh, uh, there wasn't any injuries, but uh, Alan David Jr. replaced Jai Caldwell three-quarter time and uh, Greg Clark replaced Jack Williams in the fourth quarter. So, not too many players to discuss in this game here, but Zach Merritt, 128. So me and Minnie Monk, uh, as we said, both had him VC. And 128, not a bad, uh, a, well, good score. But obviously, when you look at the 151 from Bont the night before, it's uh, uh, not as good uh, compared to what it could have been. Um, and Darcy Parrish got a 113 on day for myself and uh, plenty of other coaches there. So I still think it's a good option with North coming up. This week here, uh, Liam Duggan got a 96. So if anyone out there is still looking at him as a 
um, potential pod option. You could potentially go there, sort of uh, plugging away. Um, and then Elijah Sardis uh, made his debut and got a 65. So, unfortunately, it's ruined uh, him for a starting pick for us next year. But uh, didn't look too bad on debut as well. So, do you boys want to touch on any of uh, those four players there at all before we move on? Oh, I think... Oh, I think- Oh, you go, eleven. <laughs> tell yours, tell yours. Yeah, I think uh, Merritt and Parrish, if you don't have them, definite targets uh, this week uh, because they've got the nice uh, North Melbourne matchup. Um, Duggan, for me, I think we can see with West Coast, the defenders just chip around and they have a great time. So, um, yeah, I, I'd, I'd be happy to jump onto Duggan. I think he was playing a little bit through the midfield as well. So he's, he's basically just given the licence to hunt the ball. Um, you could you could maybe move a day cost to a Duggan if you wanted. I'm not sure what they what they've got in terms of matchups for the rest of the year, but um, it might be okay. It might be a play. Minimum, minimum. Yeah, I really think that Parish and Merritt were good buys this week. And you, we talk about playing the fixtures, West Coast and North Melbourne. A couple of weeks in a row is pretty good. I, I'm not sure I'd really go after any of the. Essendon defenders, uh, Duggan maybe, but Freo aren't the easiest matchups for defenders to go against either. So I don't know. I think I think Merritt and Parrish, if you don't own them, would be pretty high targets. Yeah, and that was my fault. I probably should have gone, said Lemon, what are your thoughts? And then gone Midi Monk. So apologies for that, everyone. Uh, but we'll move on to the Adelaide and Gold Coast game. So I was at this game. So Adelaide defeated Gold Coast by 28 points, Adelaide Oval. Bit of a Bit of a scrappy sort of game. Sort of Gold Coast getting into um, the Crows players a fair bit, which I sort of was sitting there sort of uh, shouting from over the fence, having to go at some of the players. But there you go. Uh, injuries in this game. Chase Jones uh, was uh, with a foot injury, was subbed out in the third quarter and replaced by Rory Sloan, who scored 57 points in just over a quarter of football. So he's pretty good uh, still at scoring fantasy points is uh, Rory there. And uh, for Gold Coast, unfortunately... Uh, Bit of a bad injury there. I didn't actually see it on the replay, um, but Will Powell, um, a pretty serious leg injury. Uh, not sure if it's an ACL or anything like that, uh, but he was replaced by James uh, Cheetahs. Uh, sorry, uh, he was ruled out, but James Cheetahs replaced Elijah Hollands in the third quarter. So, yeah, so not very good there for Will Powell. But in terms of the scorers, uh, Matt Crouch with a 120. So he went big. Mini Monk, is, is there a world where he's an option for coach to bring in at a cheap price or is it st- are you not sure what his scoring is going to be like with Roy Laird and Jordan Dawson um, sort of in that midfield with him? I mean, we've seen his scoring with, with Jordan Dawson and Roy Laird in the midfield, what, the last two weeks? And he's been scoring pretty well. So I, I don't think that that's the issue. I think it's the issue is, is he a sub-risk and is he in the best 22? And I don't think he's a sub-risk and I think he is pretty firmly entrenched in the best 22. And look, the other thing you've got to look at is what's that round 24 matchup that he's got. He's got Mm. the Eagles in that last game of the year. His price isn't going to get any cheaper. Brisbane aren't the toughest midfield for, for mids to score against either. I think he's a genuine consideration for, for coaches to trade into. And I would, I would seriously be looking at it if you need to take a haircut for an M8 position this week. Yeah, yeah, I'd, it's definitely something's crossed my mind, uh, and especially for those coaches that need um, a cheaper mid, definitely could be one to look at. But the one I'm looking at is my boy, Rory Laird, 102. Mm. He, he looked very, very good after quarter time. I was a bit concerned at quarter time, only eight points. Uh, I think gave away a couple of free kicks, which I think one of them was a, 
a little bit dubious. And I've set the football. I'm convinced the umpires hate Rory Laird. Um, every game he seems to give away a few free kicks. But, um, yeah, he looked very good after uh, then. He had about a 40-odd point second quarter, I think it was. So, uh, Lemon, I'm sure that uh, he would be high up, maybe not on uh, just on your shopping list, but everyone's shopping list this week. Yeah, definitely. I think um, he uh, – it's weird. I watched a bit of the game. He, he, he wasn't doing anything wrong. He just – maybe the, the ball bounced the other way. Obviously, he's a big tackle guy and, and maybe in that first quarter when the Crows were basically hogging the ball, he couldn't – there was no one for him to tackle. He, he can't tackle his own teammates. So, <laughs> I, it's – yeah, he's an interesting one. I think, I think he is um, – yeah, he's a good target because a lot of people don't have him. Um, and as we've said, you know, he's got that West Coast matchup in the last round, which – it might be okay. I don't think he's the kind of guy who's going to be against West Coast. He's um, more of a contested player. And, and West Coast, I think the players who do better against West Coast are sometimes the, the outsider players, the guys who are going to you know, rack up some plus sixes. So, um, yeah, you could you'd definitely I, I'd back him in to be you know, close to top eight midfielder for the rest of the year. Yeah, the one the one thing I will say about Laird against the Eagles, um, I obviously I know every stat about Rory Laird. Everyone knows this. Um, <laughs> he went he went one twenty four against Adelaide uh, against West Coast earlier this year. He got a one thirty nine in the preseason. He went uh, both uh, times over one twenty against the Eagles last year. So um, wow. sort of getting fairly involved against the Eagles. So you're going to want him own him, I think, before that game. Um, mm. But, yeah, so – and it's uh, probably not a bad thing he actually went a bit lower with a 102 because I don't think he's going to be a heavily targeted player from that. People are probably going to mm. go for, if you don't have Bont, Merritt, Parrish, um, other defenders with uh, Dacos. But I think Laird is uh, definitely – if you can get on him, I think he could be a good option on the run home. Yeah. I, I, w- I wish he just went a couple of points less because I think I've done the math beforehand because he was my planned – midfield upgrade this week and I think I'm going to fall short by about 2 or 3k unfortunately oh, oh no yeah, well, hope, so. ho- hopefully you don't mate uh, maybe Lemon uh, hopes you fall short so he can stay in front of you but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah no, hopefully you can get it done there but uh, John Dawson got a 98 uh, I actually thought he's a bit quiet uh, so I was a bit, sort of a bit surprised he got to his 98 in the end but Still, he's fine. Everyone's got him, and you're not trading him out, uh, obviously. So, uh, 98 was fine. Sam Flanders, 94. Uh, Lemon, is there, is there still a world where coaches can look at bringing him in, or is the sort of what are your thoughts with, with going him? Yeah, I was really impressed with Flanders. Uh, he just spreads spread so well, tackle tackles so well, and his role was great. So it's just you know he's basically just again allowed to do whatever he wants, chase the ball, and then spread, get the plus sixes. They use him. Um, yeah, I think uh, I think he's a play. I think th- the reason I haven't gotten on him yet is just because of the matchups. He's got Sydney in Sydney, and then he's got Carlton, um, who can be quite hard to score against. So, uh, yeah, it's a tough one. He's probably he's probably you know F six at the moment. So um, you can definitely you, you could definitely bring him in, but I'm just still I'd, I'd love to see a little bit more before I brought him into my team. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm personally probably not going to look at him with the matchups, the tough matchups. But coach want to go there as you saw. I think he's probably that sixth forward, if not um, seven or eight. So he's definitely going to be around the mark. Um, James Borlase, what a debut! Uh, Ninety points, mm. uh, went at a hundred percent disposal efficiency, and uh, I dare say, uh, surely he's got to get the Rising Star Award for this week. I can't imagine anyone else would get it over him, but uh, we'll have to see. Um, but he was very good. I'm. I'm still kicking myself. Uh, I did this and a few coaches uh, also made this mistake. I, I know that Bindi, who's listening in, uh, unfortunately, we both made the same mistake, mate. We had a Chesser emergency 
uh, in our midfields and uh, couldn't uh, put Dacos on our bench to sort of loop him. So we had to play Dacos on field over Borlase, which was a 53-point turnaround. So it didn't actually cost uh, – like I didn't lose any uh, – sorry, it didn't cost me anything, but I lost 50 points I could have gained. So uh, just a little bit of a – Unfortunate one there, but uh, but yeah, uh, I didn't think Dacos is obviously going to get injured and get uh, such a low score, but we'll talk about him shortly. And uh, Noah Anderson, 84, so one of your boys, uh, Mini Monk, uh, Nando there, 84. I can't remember if you got off of him this week, but uh, if you didn't, uh, are you looking to get off and uh, would you be advising other coaches to be maybe jumping off or what are your thoughts then moving forward? Yeah, he was one of my boys until this week and I, I did trade out of him. Um, did actually looking specifically at his matchups for the next three weeks, being Adelaide, Sydney, and Carlton, who are you know relatively restrictive teams. I, I don't think there's an argument now where it's he's not an urgent trade out. I don't think. I also don't think he's someone that you're trading into. But I would still be eyeing off that round twenty four matchup against North Melbourne. Um, you know, as Lemon said before, West Coast Eagles and North Melbourne are type of teams that will leak players who play on the outside and players who get forward a lot and. Nando is someone who works really hard on the outside and he, he has been known to push forward and be able to kick goals as well. So I think there's an argument both ways, but I'd also be considering him as a round 24 trade-in. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree with that as well. Beautiful. Move on to the twilight game from Saturday. So a bit of an upset here. Hawthorne defeating Collingwood by 32 points at the MCG. So a uh, few injuries out of this game. So uh, Nathan Murphy with a foot injury, he'll be out for a couple of weeks there. Uh, apparently Tom Mitchell did a quad. I thought it was a tactical sub, but he was listed on the injury report post game with a quad. So uh, if anyone has got him, I can't imagine anyone has with the subs, but uh, for draft, that's probably going to hurt a few people. Uh, Adams went off late. I didn't see exactly what happened, but uh, I know they went off with a bit of an injury. So it's one to watch there. But the huge one is uh, Nick Dacos. So uh, he, he copped a fair bit of battering uh, throughout the game and obviously tagged by McGuinness, but uh he has a hairline fracture uh, on his knee, so he'll be out for up to six weeks. And uh, people saying uh, that it's going to be that's really a generous timeline, so he might uh, sort of struggle to get back uh, for really uh, the first few finals, and might have to be like a premium if uh, Collingwood gets sort of that far. So it'd be interesting to see what happens with him, but he'll be uh, have to be traded out by uh, all of us. So we'll talk about options for him after. Um, but yeah, and then the subs was Cam McKenzie replaced James Mitchell in the third quarter. I think he had a finger injury. And then uh, Oleg Markov uh, replaced Tom Mitchell in the third quarter as well. So scores in this game, uh, Sicily. James Sicily went 160. Huge game, Le- Lemon there. So uh, uh, not sure if you're an owner, mate. But if you are, he's got the dogs at Utah. Is is he going to be uh, a target for many coaches out there, I'd imagine? Yeah, huge target. So I, I brought him in two weeks ago um, for his 95 and I was a little bit underwhelmed. And then this week, I mean, that's why you want him in your team, um, particularly when he plays the dogs. That that could be another big one as well. So, yeah, he, he's just got the, the perfect rollback there. He can intercept, he can play loose, he can chip around. He even comes up to the contest sometimes. And they just look incredible when he's doing that as well. Like they, they look like a completely different team when he is allowed to run around. So the only thing we need to watch out for is, with him is a bit of attention, but um, I, I don't think the dogs will probably send some someone to him. It's it's tough to tell with these things. Yeah, the, yeah. the only person I could imagine that they'd send to him would be like an Anthony Scott. Like I think they've – I don't know if they've done that before, but that he'd be the only one I can think of. But he did play the dogs down at Utah's last year and ran 23, if a lot of people remember that one, for 151 oh, yes. points. So. Uh, yeah, he could uh, do something pretty similar if he doesn't get any attention. And 
Hopefully, yep. uh, J- uh, James Blank stays in the side like he did this week, and hopefully Sam Frost is back because that'll be uh, even better for for a Sicily. So, uh, but he was huge. Uh, Will Day, one hundred and six. So he was uh, really good. Mini Monk. Uh, I'm an owner, and a few people owners out there. Is he still a trade out, or what are we doing with him? I think with the Dacos injury, if you've got Will Day, chances are you've probably got six or seven or maybe or seven or eight or maybe even nine players that you can actually swing down back. So I think it's actually a case of you trade Dacos, you swing Day down back, and you just play him at D6 because he's not that far off of the pack in terms of how his scoring's been. And he's got a better role than a lot of the other players that are playing off of what in our defensive lines actually have. I mean, his last five, he's gone 87, 111, 80, 119, 106. Averages out to about a low ton, which is about what he's been averaging for most of the season as well. I, I don't think there's any reason to jump off of him. I don't think there's any reason to jump on him. I think it's just to sit tight and play the matchups, maybe consider jumping off of him, you know, uh, against uh, in round 23 with a matchup against Melbourne, but there's every chance he just holds at D6 for the rest of the year for you. Is if if he's one of your worst sort of plays, is there a play that you could just swing him across to like a Jaden Short type player or even a, like a Luke Ryan who's got a couple of good games to finish the year? Is is that saying coaches could look at doing or would you, you still maybe try and look for something else? I, I feel like that's a bit of an, a nothing trade, personally. There's every chance that Will Day is able to score basically the same as what Luke Ryan and, you know, Jaden Short might score. Yes, you can make a bit of cash going down to Jaden Short, so there's the appeal there. But I would suggest that most people are in a less luxurious position. I, I don't think that Will Day is anyone's worst player on field, personally. Um, I think that most teams have at least two or three players they should be considered moving before him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that as well. Uh, Dylan Moore, 103. So any draft owners that would be pretty happy got the ton there. Probably could even be more of a watch over the last few weeks for next year because we're going to lose a lot of those forwards um, for starting mm. sides. So he could be one to keep an eye on. Uh, I'm sure me and Tim will uh, discuss that uh, on a pod postseason. Uh, so maybe some options to look at early for next year. And then, yeah, Nick Dacos with 37. So uh, unfortunately got the tag and got the injury. So we'll talk more about him and some options when we get through the game. So let's keep going through and pushing through. We're going to the Saturday night games. Geelong defeating Port Adelaide by 12 points. Uh, I was a bit surprised that Port got close just with all the illness and injuries. So not a bad effort. And they nearly they weren't front for, for a bit of that game as well. So, But uh, Jeremy Finlayson and Miles Bergman uh, were late out through illness and replaced by Jace Bergwijn and Riley Bonner. Uh, Cover injuries here. Jack Henry, foot injury, could be out for a little bit there. Was subbed out for Brandon Parfitt in the third quarter. And Trent McKenzie with a knee injury was subbed out in uh, a quarter time for Jackson Mead. So a few players from the game here. Zach Butters got a 130. Uh, so Lemon, he's up against the Giants this week. And I think Ward at times went to a Chad Warner um, in, that, in the other game. And Ward also tagged Bont last week. For coaches that are maybe looking to bring him in, would that maybe steer you away with the tough matchup? Um, or what are your thoughts with him? Yeah, he's an interesting one, Butters. Uh, I've got a love-hate relationship with him, given he's come <laughs> into my side and out of my side twice this year. Oh, my um, gosh. But, but yeah, he uh, he looks a lot better now. He looks like he's he's getting over that or he's, he's completely over that injury that he was, he was carrying. Uh, he was moving really well, getting around the ground, six tackles, so he was in and under... Um, yeah, I think I think he's um, definitely in that conversation for you know F six, F five maybe. So uh, the matchup, 
yeah, if he gets attention, it's going to be tough. Um, it's but it's you know they might send that to Rosie instead, um, and he does play them at home, so it might not be too bad. I think I, I'd probably consider bringing him in again this week. So we'll see how we go. Yeah, yeah, because that's something I'm looking at, like a Darcy Cameron to a Butters. Um, but mm. I'm, I'm a bit nervous about the matchup and the potential attention, so I'm not sure if I'm going to do that. But um, yeah, minimum. He's a tricky one because yes, he's got the bad matchup this week, but his matchup for the next two aren't as bad. Uh, and look, he's a player that's shown that he's in that top six marker and players have their bad games. We saw that from someone like Dunkley today or, or Dacos yesterday as well. Um, it, but if it's on his day, he does the potential to put 130 on your head, which is very scary. Yeah. Yeah. He was, he was fantastic. Uh, Messi got 117. So he was, uh, once again, a very uh, high score. It's funny, he's, he's had some big scores since this, uh, this whole Messi thing's coming, which is quite, which is quite amusing. <laughs> so any draft owners would be very, very happy with him pumping out these scores. Uh, Connor Rosie got a 109. So that's, uh, is, that, is that 11 hundreds in a row now? Is that, or I think it's 11, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, because I know that he had the, I know DC was saying on Wednesday that he's got the most hundreds uh, in a row in the AFL. So um, I'm just telling it up here. So it's five. I, I believe he's currently tied at the moment because I believe that Sarong is also in a run of 11. Uh, okay. So it'll be interesting to see who can who can keep it up. But yeah, Rosie, 11 tons in a row has been fantastic. And most people have got him. But if you don't, you can still try and find a way to get him in. Uh, Jay Storm Francis uh, got 100. So I just want to say it's his first career tons. So uh, congrats to him on that one there. Uh, Tom Stewart. So... I'm just going to say I was doing the watch on last night and a few people on the, in the chat, I was, I was stressing in a way just because I'd bore Lace on the bench and I considered benching Stuart for him. But with Stuart, he's that one player that he could be on 10 points midway through the second quarter and he'll still find a way to get a 120 or get a good score. So he was on 22 at halftime and he ended up on a 94. So he just continues to get it done. And um, he's got some pretty good matchups now on the uh, horizon. He had the free on port double uh, sort of tough matchups. But now he's got... Collingwood at the MCG, who just gave 160 points to uh, James Sisley. Then he's got St. Kilda at Marvel. Then he's got the Dogs down at GMHBA and the final game. So if you don't have him, um, a lot of people do. But if you don't, he's a, I think he's a pretty good target. Um, and uh, if you've got him, we'd obviously be holding. So um, Mitch Duncan got an 85 there as well for any coaches. Got him probably still a bit nervous uh, owning a guy like Duncan, just with the ability to be a late out or, um, or an injury or rested or anything like that. So uh, I'd probably trade if you've got him. And then Dan Houston had a really poor game uh, here with only a 46. Uh, tough matchup, but but not too great. So, uh, Lemon, any comments on any of the other players I've just mentioned there at all? No, I think it covered it pretty well. Yeah, the um, Tom Stewart's run, and I guess you could, you could put Mitch Duncan into that as well. They've got a great three weeks now, so... If you don't own either of them, uh, I still wouldn't. I still don't trust Mitch Duncan's body, <laughs> but um, if you do trust it, I think you could jump on either of them for the next three weeks. Yeah, Mini Monk. Any uh, comments on any of those players there at all? Yeah, I, it, yeah. Duncan. Yeah, as, as Lemon <laughs> said, he's very. It's so hard to to justify bringing in because he's got calves made of cheese. Um, <laughs> it, it's it's a tricky one because. He's the type of player, again, you know, as I was talking about, if you're going for those differential type players, you want to have players that have a ceiling. And, you know, Mitch Duncan has the nickname Junkin for a reason because he knows how to get the ball and get a lot of it when he wants to. 
I think if you're going to bring him in, though, I would feel a bit more confident bringing him in in round 23 against St. Kilda into the round 24 matchup against the Dogs rather than this week against Collingwood. I'd, I'd probably want to see it once more and make sure that he actually has the role because he's been playing off that halfback line the last few weeks and he hasn't been scoring at the levels that would put him close enough to a top six defender, but it's, it's, it's one to monitor. Yeah, yeah, be a bit nervous with uh, Duncan, but it uh, could be a play in the last couple of weeks. Um, we'll move on to the other game at the same time as this. I was doing my watch long for this. It's a pretty good game, actually, beside, uh, uh, besides the conditions, uh, and Sydney just couldn't miss. But uh, Giants defeat, uh, were defeated by Sydney by 11 points at Giants Stadium there. Sydney, I think it was like uh, 12 straight, I think they got to, and then uh, Mills, who... I'm not a big fan of at the moment. Uh, miss so, uh, but late change. Finn Callan was out through soreness. That screwed my draft uh, side. So he was replaced by uh, Isaac Cumming, and then the subs. Uh, Riccardi was replaced by Ryan Angwin in the third quarter, and Logan McDonald was replaced by Dylan Stevens three quarter time. So a few players from here. So Tom Green, uh, Lemon one forty one is uh, he's got Port this week. Maybe not exactly the week to look at bringing him in but is he a target you might look at in the last couple of weeks of the season yeah massive game for him um Love i think sydney i think yeah i think a uh, good game but he does have a, a really tough run so he's got um he's got port then he's got essendon which might be okay then he finishes with carlton so i i, I think i think a guy like that you probably want to bring them in for three weeks and they're not great matchups. I don't see him going 140 every week with those matchups. So I'd probably avoid. But um, hey, if you want someone unique, uh, that that will definitely be unique. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's been a guy I've looked at, but he, I think that as you said, those matchups is probably guys that got easier matchups should be maybe looking at getting over him. But still a uh, potential good pod uh, that could uh, maybe put up some scores regardless. Um, Errol Goulden, 132. He's just an absolute machine, uh, is Errol. So he just continues to put on ceiling scores after ceiling scores. And again, again, I said it last week, but none of us thought he would have uh, been a 112.6 average um, this year, and he's still got a few games to go. So just having a look here. So since round 15, so that's uh, two, four, six, seven games, seven times uh, of those eight, he's gone above 126, which is is quite uh, ridiculous in a way. Uh, the only one wow. was Frio uh, that he went sort of a bit quieter. And uh, I know that uh, Tim had him, uh, I think it was a VC or whatever that week. So, of course, the one week Tim had him VC go, doesn't do too well. But um, he's just been an absolute jet. Um, and unfortunately, we'll just have to enjoy him as a forward for a couple of weeks because he'll be a midfielder next year. So, um, Mills, um, not my favourite player at the moment, 117. I and a lot of people jumped off him this week at 117. Uh, he only had the six CBAs, but it sort of just fell to him in this game. A few marks there, uh, got a lot of tackles. Um, yeah, I don't think anyone would have would have traded Dacos over Mills. So if you did, then you certainly uh, could see into the future because uh, I, I couldn't have uh, really felt good about trading Dacos over Mills. But um, he went good, 117. Uh, Kieran Briggs, 114 as well. Just He just continues to get it done. So a lot of people did move off, but you still got him. He's doing his thing and doing all right. Uh, Cog's got a 90, so a bit quiet for Cogs, but um, he's still got his uh, 90 score, so not too bad there. Lockie Whitfield, uh, 77, a bit quiet there, but a bit of a tough game, and also the conditions didn't suit him. And then Harry Himmelberg, 73, and Josh Kelly, 71. So a couple of low scores there. If you if you boys have got any of Whitfield or a Josh Kelly um, or a Harry Himmelberg, you, uh, Monkey, you moving off of any of those through with that tough run coming up? Uh, yeah, yeah, I think so. 
I, I think it's really hard to justify owning them, especially when they're coming up against Port Adelaide this week. And, you know, Carlton in round 24 is a bit more of a friendly rich matchup for those on the outside. But I, I just look at the matchup this week and it's just like, if you can move off of them, then do it. Because it's, it's you know, we, we saw what happened to to Geelong this week. Port Adelaide is just the most restrictive team in the competition around ac- across the entire board and notably so for those that are playing in the in the back end of the team. Yeah. Yeah, I'd agree. I'd try and move off, especially if you've got Himmelberg. Uh, I'd be moving off of him that rare. There's just too many cooks in the kitchen back there. So, but yeah, beautiful. All right, we'll move on to Sunday. So, uh, if you, a reminder, if you've uh, got a player that you want discussed or a question you want answered, tweet it uh, in the uh, comments below on the Twitter space or comment on YouTube if you've got any questions there. We'll get to those once we get through the last couple of games. But, North Melbourne were defeated by Melbourne today by 32 points at Blundstone Arena. So just a one injury for this game. But it was Harrison Petty with an ankle injury. Looked pretty serious. Uh, Who's replaced by Michael Hibbert in the third quarter? And uh, any Gorn owners out there, that that could be alarms because does Grundy come back in for for Harrison Petty? So uh, that could be something to to monitor throughout the week. Uh, And the subs, uh, the other sub there was uh, Robert Hanson Jr. was replaced by Charles Lazar in the third quarter. So... We'll start off with uh, Jack Zeeble. So 138. Now, Winnie Monk, I've looked at this and I think I've seen a few people mention on Twitter, could he be a play for the final three weeks? So he's got a pretty nice run um, to finish the year. So he's got um, Essendon this week under the roof. He's got Richmond, the G, and then Gold Coast who give up plenty of points to defenders at Blundstone in the final game. At uh, I'm just getting his price up at 597 uh, pre um, sort of the round sort of going out of lockout going, you could go a rookie on your bench up to him qu- quite easily. Is that something that uh, you or other coaches out there can consider? Yes, it is. And I really hate to say it, but he is definitely an option for those that are wanting to take a bit more of a haircut on the player that they're bringing in this week. Uh, well, I mean, the reason why his price is so low is because he's been playing as a sub the last few weeks and it might be a coincidence, it might not be, but the, the first game that Alistair Clarkson comes back in mm. as, as coach, he's not the sub, he plays out the full game and is back to the seagulling role that we know and have a love-hate relationship with him for. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely... I'll, I'll go get to, we'll get to our trades after, but uh, yeah, it's something I've definitely considered, so something that um, we can consider. Uh, Lemon, is, is he maybe a consideration for you as well? Yeah, I think um, it, it'll be interesting to see where he lines up next week if they if they again put him on the ground I still wouldn't be surprised if they sub him out in a game just to make sure he gets through and he gets his proper farewell game because you'd hate for him to pull up sore and then not play uh, with a proper farewell game so uh, it's yeah it's it's a it's an annoying one as a she's a loner it's it's very hard to watch Zeeble rack him up back there and and she's is is nowhere but we can see it's it's a fantasy friendly role. They're you know the, one of the worst teams in the comp, and just from kickouts, you know he's getting a heap of points just from kickouts every week. So you could do it. Um, he could really hurt teams. He could he could go at one thirty for the last three and just really hurt teams. Yeah, yeah. I'm. Uh, I was talking to my mate uh, who's a North Melbourne fan. We're saying that that North Melbourne roll back there next year. There's there's going to be someone that we're going to be looking at preseason, whether that be a, a Gota or. 
uh, Eva de Sheasel, uh, who we probably uh, priced at uh, an okay amount next year that we might look at in our stunning sides. But, um, yeah, I'm looking at it. And if you are looking at a 23rd Premiers as Zebo, he does play the first game on Saturday. So that does help that you might be able to have a look at him on your bench first and, and see what he does. So uh, something to consider for people out there. Um, Chris Petrarca, a 108. Uh, I know me, mate, you're a fan. I was seeing in our group chat that <laughs> you were pretty happy with Petrarca getting to his ton there. So he was uh, pretty good with his 108. And another one of your boys, uh, Angus Brayshaw, 104. So just a couple of uh, mentions on those two boys, Minimum. Yeah, I mean, Petrarca's looked really good for the last few weeks, even though he's been playing in that half-forward role um, because he's not just playing half-forward. He's actually pushing into CBAs and having about a 30-40% CBA rotation, which is enough for him to score. I think the year that he broke out, it was kind of the role that he had as well. He didn't go pure CBAs. He actually had a lot of time um, off of half-forward as well, and he just knows a way to, to keep the goals. Uh, the only thing I would be flagging with someone like him, and also I think the same applies for Angus Brasher, is their run starts to get a bit trickier for inside midfielders uh, from here on. They have Carlton this week, who's very difficult, but then the last two are, you know, Hawthorne, very friendly matchup for inside mids, Sydney, bit of a 50-50. I think Petrarca is one that I have has been close enough to an eight, top eight mid, if not inside of the top eight midfield from here, that I'd still be comfortable enough trading into him. I'm not sure I'd be trading into Angus Brochure, and I'm even thinking about potentially trading out of him this week. Yeah, yeah, and certain Clayton Oliver we back this week as well. That's another thing to sort of add into the mix for that midfield. But ho- I think all of us will be hoping Petrarca plays enough forward uh, over the last few weeks to get forward status because uh, we're not going to have too many forwards next year. So, um, but Matt's gone ninety seven as well, a uh, little bit, little bit down than what he has been and. Maybe those coaches jumped off Marshall. Uh, cost you a few points this week, but uh, I think he'll be fine uh, moving forward. He's got, uh, as mentioned before, he's got uh, the, uh, no Carlton this week. So he could go right. Then he's got Hawthorne and then uh, Sydney. So a couple of uh, decent enough matchups there. So should be okay. LDU, 82. Um, watching the game, I think we probably just a bit unlucky in the end. Gave, a couple of, gave three free kicks away, which isn't normally what something LDU normally does. I remember one of them was, I, I thought it was holding the ball against uh, Gorn, and uh, they gave it for in the back. But I don't think it was in the back, but that's all right. Uh, doesn't matter what I think. Um, so, yeah, could have easily been 100. So I think uh, he'll be okay. And then, uh, Lemon, you mentioned before about Harry Sheezer with a 53. So, I'd, again, I didn't watch too much of this game, but... Uh, I don't know if you watched that much of it, but what was his role and is he a consideration for you to trade out this week? Yeah, I think um, this was something that I, I when Zeebel came in, they didn't actually drop a defender. So it looked, it looked bad from teams. If, if they're naming eight, nine defenders, it's a good indication that Sheasel is probably going to play up the ground a little bit or rotate through the forward line on the midfield. So I did see him up the ground a lot, half forward, midfield a little bit. Um, and obviously Zebel was playing that distributor role. So um, as you said before, the good thing with North Melbourne is they play the first game on the Saturday this week. So what I'll be doing is probably looking, getting a look at him. Um, if I like the score, I'll um, loop him on the ground. If I don't, I'll maybe change my trades to try and get someone in that, in that spot. So, um, yeah, it's a tough one. You know, I think we all know what he can do, but the role will change with him, uh, particularly with Zebel on the side. Yeah, yeah. so could be uh, definitely a consideration for a lot of people to trade out if they've got him. Uh, moving to the other, uh, high, another high-scoring game, which seems to be the weekly thing with St Kilda, but uh, St Kilda were defeated by Carlton 
by 19 points at Marble Stadium, unfortunately killing my tipping season. Uh, we had double points round and I uh, was a little bit behind trying to catch up. I would have gone up into the top four uh, in my league with that, um, but unfortunately St. Kilda lost. So whether people uh, actually care about uh, my tipping comp, um, you got told about it anyway, so there you go. But um, the subs in this game, uh, Mateus Philippi was replaced by Liam Stocker in the third quarter and Lockie uh, Fogarty or Fogarty um, was replaced uh, by Ed Kerno very, very late in the fourth quarter. So uh, going to some scores here, Mason Wood top scored for the game with 153. So any draft coach out there will be very, very happy. Might have got you through to a semi or a prelim or um, or whatever in your draft league. So good for Mason Wood for that. Uh Nick Newman, 139. So he was uh, brought in by a couple. I know uh, Nathan from Hatchat brought uh, him in this week. Uh, and I can't. I think DC did the same thing as well. And a few other people did. So uh, 139, huge score for him. Um, so you'd be very happy you brought him in. Uh, Brad Crouch, 126, uh, Mini Monk. So he scored zero points uh, in the last quarter. I know that uh, you're not the uh, – in the group chat, you weren't the biggest fan of Crouch uh, throughout the day. But um, – what are your thoughts with him moving forward? You're still, you'd still be holding him, I think, for another week with Richmond. But could you see him for being a season-long hold for the last few weeks? Or is he still a guy that maybe match-up dependent and you might move him on maybe with a round to go? Uh, he's a tricky one. Um, he managed to score zero in the last quarter and still outscore Jack Steele which puts it into a bit of perspective as to how those two went in that last quarter. Yeah. Um, I, I think if you own him, you, there's an argument. I think you probably just got to hold because you've probably got bigger issues in your team at this point. Uh, but I don't think you'd be trading into him. Yeah, I think it's yeah. just as simple as that. I think there's a lot of players in that fit this category at the moment and makes it tricky. But yeah, I think that's that's how I'd have it. Yeah, yeah. I, I wouldn't be trading into him. I was looking to trade him out a couple weeks ago. But off the back of 133, 126, probably not moving him on. But uh could be someone I move in the final round or something for if I want a better matchup or... Or something like that. Uh, Ron Marshall, 116. So, I uh, know Tim had him captain uh, this week. So, 116 was uh, pretty good because he wasn't able to loop uh, Zach Merritt's score. So, um, I probably should have said Tim's score, actually, before. Um, so, apologies to Tim for not saying his score. Uh, oh, actually, he might not want me to say his score, actually, because it wasn't too good. So, um, I reckon, I'll, <laughs> I reckon, I reckon I'll, I'll leave it um, and, and let Tim uh, sort of save face there. Because, um, unfortunately, not, not the best week. For the gerbils, but uh, he did have the buy in the content creators cup, so I don't think it's too bad. But you know, he got a 2020 22.90, so a couple of things didn't quite go his way this week. But uh, hopefully, he gets the job done. The content creators cup uh, gets the the win there. Uh, Sam Doherty one twelve was uh, pretty good as well, playing uh, uh, pretty much in the midfield. I'm um, just having trying to get the CBAs up on my phone here for Doc. Uh, so CBAs for the game, he had. Um, nine of a possible 22. So, yeah, sort of 50-50. Played on the wing a bit as well. So, pretty good score there um, and still a pretty good option, uh, which we'll talk about um, when we get to the day cost chat. Uh, George Hill, 105. For any coach out there that have got had him as maybe a sort of a 23rd sort of primo-ish player or have got him on the field, uh, 105 would be very happy with that. Jack Sinko had a very quiet second half with, uh, I think he only had about twenty, uh, about 32 points. So only end up on an 83 there, uh, but he'll be hopefully fine moving forward against Richmond this week. Uh, Gavin, uh, Wayne Miller, unfortunately, didn't uh, have a huge game. Had a good last quarter to get to the 74, but uh, with a bit of a quiet game from him. But Carlton are a tough matchup. Uh, Winhager, 64. So if you still got him, I think he is a trade. Uh, but the one I want to chat about, uh, Lemon, is uh, Jack Steele. 
59 points. I Watching this game, I couldn't exactly tell what he was doing. I don't know if he – look, like he's going to crips at times and uh, sort of just don't know what he's doing. Is, is he a trade out after that performance? Or Richmond this week, do you maybe keep him for another week? What are your thoughts with him? Yeah, it's interesting because um, going into this week, I think Carlton was the hardest matchup for inside mids. So I was actually thinking that would impact Brad Crouch more than Jack Steele. Um, so to see those scores, Brad Crouch dominating and Jack Steele struggling, um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be trading. I think that's just a that's a that's a bad game against a tough matchup, um, and his run looks okay for the rest of the year. So I'd I'd back that in as maybe a bit of an anomaly. Hopefully he comes out strong next week. But, um, yeah, you know, he had 10 tackles and only 11 touches. So that is pretty pretty grim reading. Um, yeah. you'd, want a, you'd want a big bounce back next week, many months. Yeah, I think there was at one stage where he had six tackles at half time and he'd only touched the ball three times and there were three handballs. <laughs> it, it, it just puts yeah. it into perspective how much of a game he was having. It, it's a really tricky one because, you know, as Lemon said, Carlton are the hardest matchup inside midfielders. And I was worried for Crouch as well. Even as a non I was hoping I could get a bit of a leg up with him. Uh, but unfortunately, that wasn't the case this week. Um, but yeah, I think you've just got to hold, unfortunately. It's it's a one out of the box. If he has 10 tackles against probably any other opposition, it's a 115 score and you're probably laughing all the way to the bank. Um, the matchups are there for the next three weeks. Yeah, You know, Richmond this week, Geelong the week after, Brisbane the week after that. And we've seen what scores... You know, midfielders have been able to put up against those three teams in, in just this weekend alone. So, yeah, I'd, I'd be holding. Yeah, I was, I was hoping he'd put up a good score, uh, even in the tough matchups. He's got a pretty good history against Carlton. I think he's averaging like a 118 against him in his career. But unfortunately, couldn't get anywhere near that. So, yeah, actually, he pretty much only halved that. Um, so, uh, that's it for that game. We'll move on to the final game of the round. As uh, we said just before we were uh, on, it was a very uh, close game, very good game. Uh, but uh, unfortunately, Frio went down to uh, Brisbane by just the three points there. Um, in terms of the scores from this game, uh, so, Lemon, I know you're an owner. Um, unfortunately, didn't have him on field. But uh, Luke Jackson, 149 points. And... They've got. I just got uh, tweeted by uh, Jack in the comments there that um, Bailey Williams has been offered uh, a one-game ban, so they've obviously got them in uh, the matchup this week. So Luke Jackson up against a uh, pretty much ruckless uh, West Coast uh, Lemon is, is he an option now for coaches to all of a sudden have a look at? Wow, I did not. I I didn't know that news that he, he was getting a one-week ban. That is huge. Um, yeah, like I've, I've been on Jackson for a few weeks now, and this was the game I was sort of expecting. A while ago, um, yeah, he, he looked like he was a bit unfit the last couple of weeks. I think maybe he had that injury uh, two months back, obviously reduced the training loads. Then when Darcy went down, he was forced into the number one ruck role and he just didn't look, he looked like he just didn't have the tank. I mean, 149 says he does now have the tank. He's got the easiest ruck matchup next week, which will get even easier with Williams out. And then he plays Port who currently are rucking with Vicentini. Uh, Vicentini, who is he probably weighs, I don't know, 75 kilos soaking wet. So, <laughs> I, um, yeah, I think I'm very happy. I almost traded him out this week. I'm very happy I didn't. Even though he wasn't on my ground, I'm stoked that he's in my squad because he could be, you know, back-to-back 120s, 130s the next two weeks maybe. Yeah, yeah, definitely one to to, to consider, that's for sure, this week. Uh 
Caleb Sarong went very well, as Mini Monk was saying before with his plus three. The 125 uh, was everywhere. Um, Brayshaw got a 106 as well uh, in the midfield free. And then also Hayden Young playing midfield today. He got a, a 119. So, uh, Mini Monk, just on sort of those three, what are your thoughts on them? And even just maybe a quick side note on with Hayden Young in the midfield. And could he potentially be an option maybe to bring back in uh, this year uh, playing the midfield or potentially even an option next year? Uh, I'll start with the other two in Brayshaw and Sarong. Uh, I mean, they've, they've been a one-two punch all year. I think I mentioned it just before. Sarong's had 11 tons in a row, unfortunately split by the week that he had off due to his suspension. And he, he's been one of the most consistent midfielders all year. And Brayshaw had a low ton this week, but they're both, in, in my eyes, and this might be a little bit of fair bias coming through, but I think they're both top eight mids for the year. Hayden Young is... Definitely the more interesting one of the three because they've experimented with him in the CBAs at different points during the year. And at times it's worked and at times it hasn't. And I think he's finally figured out how to actually play that role a bit better in that CBA rotation. I think against Brisbane, they tried pushing him up the ground a little bit more, had him off the wing. They tried it a bit earlier against um, GWS when the game was pretty much dead and buried. And then they've really brought it in uh, the last few weeks, and it's actually been at the expense of um, Jager and Mira. And yeah. this week especially, he had the role where he was spending a lot of time standing next to Neil and then even actually standing next to Dunkley for a bit, which is an interesting one because it's like he's being made to be held accountable for a player the entire time, but he still has the ability to run off and get his own football, which is what you really want to see in players to actually that tag, I guess, to be able to build a big score. I think there's an argument that you could trade into him, especially at his price tag. But I think the bigger thing is a massive watch for for next year because we've seen these types of players that get experimented time in the midfield towards the end of a season that hold through the preseason. They get to refine their craft and then be able to attack the next year with it. You only have to look back to Callum Mills, Jordan Dawson, Will Day as examples of players that have done that. And that is what I'd be really looking for. So I think he's one that you kind of put into your black book and you put a big red circle around and say monitor preseason. Yeah, even even a Rory Laird was uh, did something similar. For yeah, it's another great he, example when he yeah. when he went into the midfield. So um, there you go. Of course, I'd mention Laird again uh, in the contract. Um, <laughs> so, but yeah, the CBAs. Yeah, Brayshaw Jackson had twenty three apiece, and then you had Sarong twenty one. Then Young was twenty, and then you had O'Meara seven. Then you had a few sort of sprinkling from Switkowski uh, and Johnson there. So. Definitely one to monitor and could be someone that you could look at bringing into your side. Uh, a few other scores in this game here. Um, Lockie Neal got a 104, which uh, it looked like he was tracking pretty bad sort of midway through the second quarter. Got going later in the game. Had a pretty good last quarter as well with 38 points to get his ton. So uh, a few people jumped off him this week, which is unfortunate. But um, for those owners that still held through, 104 was very nice there. Josh Dunkley had a bit of a quiet game, only 81 points. But I will say that in a uh, couple of times, he was stuck on the bench for pretty much 10 minutes uh, a couple of times. So only 75% game time. I'm not sure if that was some management thing or he just got genuinely stuck on the bench. But uh, that's a bad game and I'm sure he'll respond. Hopefully not too well against the Crows this week. Uh, I want the Crows to keep their finals hopes alive. But, um, but yeah, uh, you're not trading out and you're probably still looking at him as a target. I think he's still someone that you can look at. Um, and go Bales, I've got a question for you. Yep. Do you think Keys tags Neil this week? I do, yes. Um, I, I think they did it early in the year and it worked. Um, the Crows won and, I, I, yeah, I just see it happening again. I, I think it'll be one of those ones where Keys may start 
at half forward and just run straight to Neil and then follow him round. But uh, definitely, mm. I, th- I, I think that that will happen again. Um, okay. It'll be like maybe like a, a lad will go to him at stoppages and then maybe Keys will follow him round and push up as that fourth mid. But that's that's I reckon that's what will happen. We'll have to see. Um, I think the – Sorry, the interesting thing on that one is that the big difference between now and – the previous time they played is that you've now got Matt Crouch in the team. So I was going to see you just about say that. Yeah. They've got the three mids already. If you put keys in a, around the stoppages on, on Neil, then where does Matt Crouch go, you know, or where does Rory Laird go? So I think it'd be interesting. I suspect they'll probably go head to head with Rory Laird and then let Neil run around the ground. Um, maybe someone will look at him around the ground. They could, um, they could rotate Dawson out a bit more like they have been when they've been able to let uh, keys in a little bit of the time during the season, just drop his CBAs and have him push half back a bit more. It'd be an interesting one to monitor mm. what communication comes through from the club this week, because they've been pretty, I'd say they've been relatively transpo- uh, transparent about when they've been sending attention to, to players with, with keys. And I, I would be shocked if Neil starts to get off the chain and they don't send keys to him. Yeah. Yeah, definitely be one to watch, that's for sure. But uh, that's the games there. Um, so we'll, we won't be able to do too many questions. We've probably gone for a little bit longer, um, but there's been definitely some uh, great nuggets and chat here. Um, but the big issue that we'll discuss, and, and this will answer pretty much a lot of people's questions, is Nick Dacos. So he's been ruled out for uh, up to six weeks, as mentioned before. And uh, unfortunately, also... Uh, had a look at his price because lockout has lifted. He's gone down 71K this week. Uh, he's got a break even 173, but obviously he's not going to play again this season. But uh, unfortunately, you're not going to get as much value, but still 894 is still um, plenty um, of money. So, boys, uh, I'll go to Lemon first. We'll, I'll go through, we'll go through some defender options, then we'll maybe touch on a few maybe mids and forwards that maybe coach look at if they've got that DPP. Um, but defenders who... Who would be your top three options that you'd be looking at, assuming that you sort of don't have anyone? Yeah, I think um, I think all of the you know the big names. If you don't have a, a Jordan Dawson or a Doherty or a Sinclair or a Sicily, I'd probably probably say Sicily is the one there out of those. Um, if you don't have them, but also the the guy that I'm probably looking at in defence is um, Nick Newman. I think uh, he's the last five games he's going at 114. He's that distributor coming out of halfback. He's looked pretty good in the role and they've got a pretty good run of matches. And Doherty um, moving him more in the midfield as well. Yeah, helped. Doherty won't be moving back there anytime soon, I don't think. So he's probably one to consider if um, if you can, yeah, I think you, you make, what, 50, 60K if you take Dacos to him. So that might be a decent play as well. Yep. Mini Monk, uh, any sort of other options? Maybe your top three of maybe removing um, those sort of top ones in like your Sicily, Sinclair, uh, Dawson, Doherty, because uh, they'd probably be on. If you don't have those, you're probably looking at them. Who'd be your three that you'd be looking at um, besides those four? Yeah, I think there has to be a serious conversation about Jaden Short, especially with his next two matchups and his price with respect to everyone else. Uh, and then I'd really be looking at, you know, trying to play the fixtures for the other players that I'm bringing in. I think someone like Newman's a good option. I think I would be considering... Um, you know, Duncan and Stewart. I, we did talk about Duncan not having, you know, as much. Well, he has a bit more body concerns compared to Stewart, but I think that he has the explosiveness in the ceiling. And with their matchups to end the season, I think he's a pretty good bet. And then if you're wanting to really take a flight, then someone like Zebel has to be considered because when he has that Z, um, that seagulling role, 
he, he can just rack up the ball and there's a potential that he can go 130 from, from here until the rest of the season. I think it's those three, three that you should consider. Yeah, yes. Plenty of options of with him being so expensive, so you can sort of go in uh, all different ways. Yeah, I like the Jaden Short play with the with the two easy matchups, um, and yeah, if you do need so much more cash, then Zebul is is uh, one I like. But uh, hopefully, you might have enough cash that maybe you can have Zebul as like a twenty third um, sort of premium on your bench. But but there's plenty of uh, good options there. Um, in terms of like mids, um, so if I'm one of these coaches. I've got I've got a Doherty in my mid, and I've been rolling a Dawson through there. A few people have got a Will Day. So if you're in that sort of probably luxury position, you'd be able to bring in a, a premium midfielder. So, me, what are some of those uh, big midfielders that you'd be you'd be targeting? Yeah, I, I think the one that you uh, I think it's actually your boy that I'd Laird be targeting is. the most. I think yeah. Laird is probably at the top of my list at the moment, alongside. Uh, alongside Parish and Merritt, I think those three are the three that I'd be targeting. Yeah, well, uh, spoiler alert, that would be one, one of my trades will be. So, uh, obviously, uh, I've got to bring in Lady as soon as I can. Uh, Lemon, what are any midfielders you'd be looking at uh, targeting um, if you can maybe go Dacos to a midfielder? Yeah, I think um, I think Lemon's not a bad option. I reckon Parish would be the one, though, with North Melbourne this, this week. West Coast actually aren't particularly... Like they're not a, a great, great matchup for inside mids, whereas North Melbourne can leak points. So I think Parrish is a good option. Um, yeah, I think I think he's probably the one for me. Uh, looking at who I don't have, the other one, yeah, Liberatore is probably the other guy that is pretty unique. But I think he's just he looks great. He's got a really good role, good run. Um, I'd be happy to bring him in. I reckon he's going to be 110 plus for the year. What about what about his teammate? So uh, Bont. So for coaches that haven't been able to jump on him yet, he's got the Hawks this week. But if people uh, don't remember, in round seven in uh, Bont's milestone game, there he got tagged by Connor Nash to a ninety. So with with that in mind, that he could potentially get a, a tag here, and I'd imagine that he will, uh, knowing uh, Sam Mitchell and the Hawks. Would you maybe be looking at another option this week, or what are your thoughts, Lemon? Yeah, I think I think Nash has, has he's definitely been doing roles like that in the last few weeks as well. So I th- I'm sure that'll happen. Um, how effective it is, I guess, is the question. You know, Bond is in Brownlow form at the moment. So if you don't have him, I'd I'd probably be happy. If you and you've got the cash, I'd probably be happy to bring him in. But if you're a bit strapped for cash and you can do other things with it, um, you could look to someone a bit cheaper and then spread your cash somewhere else. Um, yeah, it depends. Depends what you're looking what you're looking for. And he's got it's you know it's it's only one week and three. You know he might put out a ninety this week and then he might follow it up with two one thirties, and uh, and you know you don't want to miss out on that. So he's got he's got the Eagles the next week. I don't think they're going to have anyone who can run with him. So um, I'd probably just bring him in and and cop a lower score and then get the Eagles the next week. Yeah, and then the final one for forwards, if you've got a Sheasel potentially um, there that you can flick back in defence or you've maybe got like a defender in your midfield and then like a forward that you can maybe flick in your midfield. Is there any forwards, Lemon, that you'd be uh, looking at of besides maybe those <laughs> obvious ones? Uh, I mean, I'll take the, the, the punt for Lemon because it's a player that he's already got, but I think Luke Jackson, if, if Williams is suspended this week, I'd... Be definitely considering him. I mean, going into Williams and then Vicentini two weeks in a row, you couldn't ask for a, a couple of. Well, going into a Williams-less West Coast, 
And then into Vicentini two weeks in a row is just, it's so juicy at his price tag. Yeah, it makes you uh, 160K, that trade, going down to a, to a Luke Jackson. So Jeez. That can yeah. facilitate a lot. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. Other other forward options, uh, like maybe Flanders, but are we sold on him? Uh, he's like his main, like a McRae with the easy matchups. Maybe coaches don't have butters. Is any of those um, ones that you guys be looking at? Yeah, I think butters is. Uh, I like butters. I always have a. I, I can understand why some people have some aversion to him, so I'm not sold that he's a must-have. I think Flanders is an interesting one because of the fact that Tuke Miller wasn't there this week. The matchups are okay, especially that round 24 one, but we we, we don't exactly know what his role is going to be 100% when Tuke Miller comes back into the team. We don't know if he's going to get those continued CBAs that he has been starting to get. And we saw a small bump in his CBAs this week, but I, I don't think that that'll hold through. I think it's very tricky to go there now at his price tag. I think if you're wanting to go for a bit more of a punt type behavior, someone that you could really look at as, I don't know, going on someone like Tex Walker early and trying to loop through them or, you know, maybe another key forward, like someone like Charlie Kerno, who's been doing pretty well, even as a key forward. I know this week he wasn't too great, but Saints aren't great for it. And the same as what we had with the defenders. I think Jack Siebel at his price tag. Yes. Yeah. He's a 600k forward. Yeah. I, 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 I mean, I hate to chirp on about it, but the fact is that for someone who's in that 600k bracket, He's probably got the highest ceiling. Yeah, agreed. Um, any other options um, that, uh, Lemon, you'd be looking at maybe that we haven't touched on from the forwards or even if you want to go back to a defender or mid that we might have not have touched on? Is there anyone else we haven't covered? No, I think I think Mini Monk's covered it really well. I think, uh, as crazy as it sounds, I probably, I probably will be considering Zach Butters for the third time this year. So <laughs> he looks good and he's got two games at LA Oval. Um, GWS and Richmond and then he's, he's got Frio at Optus and he just looked like he was moving well, spreading uh, Port should be better next week as well I guess if they get a few players back from this illness that's going through the club so um, his role's been great all year, there's a reason Minimunk likes him because he's just had a really good role inside midfield role um, so if he's fit, uh, you know, he should be a 100 plus guy Yeah, yeah Minimunk, anyone that we haven't touched on? Uh, no, I think that's the, the majority of the targets that I'd be looking at this week. I mean, <laughs> you, you want to take a, a punt on some players at this time of the year if you're trying to make up rank. And I think that that means that you're looking for those more pod options and just do your research and, and have a look at it. I know there's great resources in DFS Australia's matchup charts. There's, there's Cal Scale of Hardness where you can have a look at those matchups as well. And have a look at what changes are coming to teams as well. I mean, Lemon mentioned it before about or how he was playing off of, um, you know, not he wasn't playing off of halfback this week. He was more in that midfield type of role and then pushing forward at times in role as well. And we know that he doesn't score quite as well when he's in that type of role. So it, it's for him and for someone like Sicily with blank, it, it's just worthwhile knowing how a team's structure is going to adjust and what a player's role is going to be based off of who comes in and who goes out of a team. Yeah, beautiful. Great advice. Great advice there from, from you boys. Um, uh, we'll have to cut it there. We've been going for, for a fair while. So apologies that we couldn't get to any of the questions, but hopefully we answered it with the Dacos checks. I, I can see a lot of them are about uh, Nick Dacos and, uh, and that. So um, I think that that will be all. Uh, just going through here. So um, Lemon, mate, uh, what are your 
uh, early, early trades? Uh, or what are your thoughts uh, about what you might do with your trades this week? Yeah, I think um, I think I'll trade Dacos. I think uh, I won't won't want to hold him for the last three weeks of the year. So he'll probably go to either a Nick Newman or a Butters, and uh, then I've got I've now got the twenty third Primo. So I'm looking at maybe getting a bit creative with that. I'll maybe have a look at Sheezel or have a look at someone else, and then decide if I if I need to bring in a midfielder, forward or defender. So. Um, but that'll again. It's it's so confusing with all of the loopholing stuff. I'm I'm not confident, but uh, we'll try and get creative and maybe try and get that 96 points I lost this week. We'll try and get it back next week. Yeah, Mini Monk, what are you looking at doing your early moves? Yeah, I think um, I'm glad that someone else has joined me on the 23 premiums because I've um, I've been there for a couple of weeks as well, and it's been able to dodge a couple of 30 scores the last two weeks, which has been pretty nice. Um, I, I think I'll also be trading Dacos. It's it's nice to have a loophole, but not a nine. In my team, because I can facilitate the trades of what I'm wanting to do with basically any other premium in my team. And I think the trades that I'm going to be pulling is bringing in Luke Jackson and, and probably Rory Laird this week. Beautiful, and I'll yeah. At this stage, I'll well, Dacos to Laird is is as locked as you can get for a trade that's already done, uh, and then I'll be going uh, either a Chesser to Zebo on my bench. I think I can just afford that, or I might look at just going Darcy Cameron across to Luke Jackson. They're the two moves. I've, that's probably the tough decision for the week for me that I've got to make. So. I'll have a look at that. But, uh, boys, appreciate you guys uh, jumping on. Great chatting to you both, as always. Lemon, mate, where can the people find you on the socials and uh, what what you got going on the last couple of weeks of the season? Yeah, thanks for having me on, Bells. Always good to chat uh, with you and, uh, and Minimunk as well. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at lemon underscore DT uh, and, yeah, jump on and hit me up with some questions or – have a look. Uh, the last three weeks, yeah, I'll just be hopefully trying to hang on for a hat, maybe trying to push into the top 10, but that is getting harder and harder. And more importantly, just trying to beat Mini Monk uh, at this point. That's my, <laughs> biggest, that's my biggest goal. So if I, can, uh, if I can stay in front of him, I'll be doing well. Any, any potential? Maybe that's why I'm going... Maybe that's why I'm going Jackson so that I can match you and, and try and pick up another person's difference. Yeah, I might have to cut, start keeping my trade secret from you, mate. Uh, don't want you just, just matching me. So. Uh, any any oh, of course not. potential Twitter spaces with Bindi, mate, come up over the last couple of weeks of the season? Yeah, potentially. I think you know we, we love talking strategy and, and strategy this time of the year is pretty... It's pretty simple. You just got to try and pick the guys with the good matchups and get points on field and uh, cash gen doesn't mean much, but... Yeah, we might. We might see if we can uh, organise another one before the end of the year and, and uh, yeah, maybe help people win a few of their league finals or maybe sneak into the top 100 as long as it's not at the expense of me. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, beautiful. Thanks, mate. Love your, your work and uh, Binny's work as well. So thanks, Lemon, for jumping on. Uh, Binny Monk, mate, where can the people find you and what do you got going on the coaches panel the last few weeks? Yeah, so you can find me on Twitter at minimonk 10 and hopefully back on the coaches panel this week after a, a couple of weeks hiatus. I know that Rids was giving me a bit of a hard time on the pod about <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah. Um, and you can hopefully try and find me trying to catch DC Lemon in the rankings. And if not trying to slip one spot from my current rank of 68 to get the elusive hat. <laughs> uh, beautiful, mate. Good. Uh, hopefully you get that, that one, that spot there. And uh, thanks for jumping on mate. always a pleasure having uh, you on and chatting. Uh, and you can find uh, Tim at TimGuestAU on all the socials. Uh, and as I said before, make sure you uh, 
use the infinite wealth, uh, the fantasy coach, um, the f- module, the five uh, step module um, uh, at infinitewealth.com.au forward slash AFL fantasy. And also the webinar on this Tuesday, 8th of August, at 6 p.m. Australian West Standard Time and 8 p.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time. So uh, I'll put the link in the Twitter space. And uh, if you want the link, it is go.infinitewealth.com.au forward slash low dash AUG23. So make sure you go to that webinar there and you can find me at true at uh, bales dt on twitter and truly bales hd on youtube um thank you everyone for joining us uh, and particularly those that did send in the questions apologies we couldn't answer the individual ones but hopefully we answered those with all the discussion there you can send your questions to us on twitter and please give us a follow at afl fantasy fans uh, if we can hit 2,000 followers by the end of the year, that would be uh, incredible. We're on 1635 currently, so appreciate everyone's support so far this season. Don't forget to tune in each week after the final siren of uh, the round for live Twitter space at 2 p.m. Uh, no, not 2 p.m. Uh, 7.30. Oh, no, hang on. Pre-lockout chat um, at 2 p.m. No, hang on. What's Tim written here? There's different notes here. <laughs> I'm stuffing up the outro. Um, the, the, end, the sign, end the round at 7.30 Eastern, um, which is uh, 5.30 p.m. Um, per time and for the pre-lockout chat um, at 4pm uh, Australian West End time and 6pm um, Eastern Standard time so there we go we finally got it out there apologies for the stuff up the end there but uh, and remember you can listen to these spaces uh, on the AFL Fantasy Fanatics podcast uh, or wherever you get your podcast please subscribe to the podcast and give us a five star rating and review we've got the one review there if you can leave a review there and give, maybe just give us some uh, feedback on how you've enjoyed the podcast that'd be very much appreciated uh, and thanks everyone uh, best of luck with your research and trades and um, we'll catch you again at the same time next week see ya see ya